All right, Chief. I'm ready to go on my first solo mission now that I've graduated from Acme Detective School. What, uh, what, what's my first assignment? All right, listen up, gumshoe. Uh, first case is over in Chicago, downtown, the rough part. All right, the Windy City. Yes. Well, let's, let's C5 us there. Uh, bad news about the C5. It's, uh, a little behind on the bills. You'll have to take the Jeep. Oh, all right. Well, I'll talk to you in a few hours then. All right. All right. Chicago, oh, the Windy gosh. City, named not for its wind, but the windiness of its politicians. People travel aboard the L train, going from place to place, home to Chicago University, and nearby, some dangerous urban areas. Ugh, it, it stinks here, and just sirens going off all over the place. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Acme cred doesn't get us as far as it used to, and there's a lot more petty crime. Uh, speaking of, your crime today is that someone has stolen... A portrait. Ooh, do we know what museum it was pilfered from? Uh, not not quite a museum. It's a uh, it's a portrait of a of an old woman in in her house. Uh, it was it was a breaking and entering. I I don't think this one was Carmen Zach. Really? Well, must must have been a pretty high profile portrait to garner attention from other thieves. Uh, Any idea what made it so valuable? Well, it was hiding the safe. And then the safe was broken into, and the jewels were stolen, and and she's dead, Zach. She's dead. The Gosh, woman... this is, this is wow, jewel thief too. This this might be the biggest case I've ever done. Damn it, Zach! Get your head out of the clouds. A woman was murdered here. I, but no one gets no one gets killed in crimes. They just play cat and mouse, and and and. You just don't get it, do you? This is the real world, Zach. There's crime everywhere. Low lives, two-bit thieves, not high-end art thieves. Just trying to give the world a, a more fun and exciting place to live. This is the real world. People die. <laughs> I miss Ivy. I want to go home. We can't go back. Where on earth do you think we are? Where on earth is Carmen San Diego? So, all right, let's let's get into this. <laughs> all right, well, um, welcome everyone. This is the Carton Cast. My name is Ben, and I'm Zane. Gumshoe, <laughs> welcome to the Carton Cast, Gumshoes. <laughs> and we uh, we we investigate old cartoons Bucko. that were <laughs> that were uh, lost to the annals of history until they were pilfered by one Carmen San Diego. And the year. Today, we're going to find out where on earth she was by watching Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> Good Zane? stuff. Not too yeah, bad. So, um, I, I, there, there are a lot of iterations of Carmen Sandiego. Where on earth, where in the world, where in the USA, where, where in, in time. Where in the universe. Yeah. So, this all started... Where in law school. <laughs> where in law school. Where, where to she, back in action. In second year or her third year of law school at this point? <laughs> um, no, but where on? Where on earth is, is Carmen Sandiego began? Where the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get there. Uh, it began as a series of video games uh, starting in 1985, made by the company Broderbund. Um, yeah, probably which, the coolest name for a company I've ever heard. 
and they were the people who made Mavis Beacon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. in the game, the player tracks Carmen around the world by using clues and getting the correct warrant for her arrest. Yeah, and from what I remember from the TV show, uh, the regular one, the regular game show one, and not the actual, uh, not the actual uh, animated series or the actual game. Um, you know, the, the big focus was edutainment and teaching the the, the player about all these locales mm-hmm. and some of the some of the local culture there. Um, what was it like that in the game as well? Uh, I believe so. I didn't actually. I've, I haven't played the game, but neither I, have I. I. I imagine it's got to be like a couple steps up from Mario is missing kind of thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was thinking about Mario's missing and how much I was glad that this wasn't as kind of corny and and force fed. I guess there there's a lot of force feeding of information in this one though. <laughs> per- perhaps uh, um, we we can we can talk about exactly how it's forced, but uh, first of all. I want to do a, do I want to do a thing on admin because uh, this one's coming out a little bit late, uh, and this is a thing that I want to do now um, every so often is explain why it was late in the form of what else I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. And uh, Zane, I steamrolled through fifty two episodes of Steven Universe in about a week. Steven Universe. Zane, there's this show called Steven Universe. It's the people who made Adventure Time. Um, mm-hmm. Rebecca Sugar went on to do her own show. It's amazing. You will I, love it. Go watch it immediately. Okay. <laughs> and and you'll you'll get back to me on that. It's it's one of those rare shows that actually has a good musical interlude segment every so often and I'm pretty Ooh, into it. I like that. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, beyond that, um you know, it it's getting harder to keep to our once a week schedule. So and I haven't really gone over this with you Zane, but I hope it's okay that we're going to do a tentative one week, and sometimes it's going to be once every two weeks. And I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, and, you know, listener, if you got a problem with it, that's that's your right. <laughs> that's your prerogative. Right. But, you know, we're, we're, we're still committed to coming out with content. It just might be on a slower basis. We don't want to burn ourselves out, and it's a pretty busy time for me. Yeah. Um, it did give me the opportunity to go a little more in-depth with uh, this this show. Um, by which I mean I've been playing a lot of Civilization. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> okay. And um, what have you garnered? How many um, thieves have you captured? Wait, I've but ca- not really. I've captured quite a few thieves. That's good. Um, so yeah. So this this show, mm-hmm. Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego, ran right. from 1994 to 1999. Yep. Um, and it was produced by DIC Entertainment, which uh, also made things like Inspector Gadget and Captain Planet. Diddly <laughs> That's not what DIC <laughs> means. Of course. It, like, what other can, joke can you make? <laughs> Do it. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, even the voice actors for uh, for this seem to have a lot of broad appeal in... in we'll get into them specifically, but they... they they actually set their foot pretty strongly in the whole edutainment camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the person who plays Carmen also played someone on Magic School Bus. Yeah, there's, and... a, there's a pedigree there. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but Go on. But Broderbund retained the right to veto any of the scripts because they were concerned about the level of violence on TV. Right, and some of the other things that Broderbund had been doing, I think was like X-Men or something. Yeah, and Power Rangers. Right. It's things that were clearly more violent than they were edutainment. <laughs> so uh, I, they, I, they really wanted to capture the right demographic with this and not offend the, you know, 
the, the the parents thereof. Yeah, and I mean, once you're using Power Rangers as your benchmark for violence, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you've drawn your line in the sand. We know which side you're on. Yeah, it, it, exactly. But, you know, that that's okay, because I think the stronger point of this one was, uh, again, it's like when we did Magic School Bus, the point is not necessarily how fun the show is, but how well it integrates edutainment with the actual show. Yes. And again, our standards are a little more relaxed in that regard. Mm-hmm. But perhaps not quite as much, because it's a, a little bit, it's aimed to a different demographic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's aimed to a little bit more teenager. Yeah. Well, um, this this one? I think so. I'm I'm not quite sure where this is aimed. Um, it's not yet. as young as Magic School Bus. No, definitely not. But and it's an entirely different spectrum of uh, of uh, of of education as well. It's history and culture rather than um, science. Right, and I think that's a, that stuff's a bit easier to just sort of passively accumulate. Yeah, if you try to, like, <laughs> passively accumulate history, you get a real warped perspective on things that happened. Like, the War right. of 1812 was done, fought, was, was done with fighter jets and shit like that that I believed for a long time. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the hack in civilization for working <laughs> on that. Um, okay. But um, it, it this is actually not the first uh, television show on Carmen Sandiego. There was a live-action game show mm-hmm. um, from 1991 to 1995. And it was made in response to a National Geographic survey that stated that Americans don't know geography. Like, one in four people couldn't locate the Pacific Ocean. Oh, my God. That's that's pretty bad. Like, you could, you could reasonably describe the Pacific Ocean as that big blue thing. That place where they do Pacific time? It's not that hard. <laughs> I w- I, There's clues everywhere. Carmen <laughs> really left the door wide open on this I'd one. I give partial credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think my favorite incarnate. I mean, I really like that live action game show, not for any like reason of the show itself, but because it's um, because of the theme song. Yeah, which man was that? Way better. <laughs> yeah, this one's like Garbage. really bad. This is awful. <laughs> um, I think they eventually switched over, didn't they? Maybe not. I don't think so. But, no, um, no, you know what? You're right. They didn't switch over. They I should th- have. Uh, but I, I do remember the game show had that like lightning round where you go around and run and put like stickers on the on the planet what was that one game show where they went and played like a video game where you had to like skateboard past oil slicks yeah what was i don't know what that was i don't know it was one of them nickelodeon weird things i've tried to find it many times and i never can you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 and we're we're watching that as like eight-year-olds who just beat aladdin and we're just like (laughs) these these shitheads don't know what they're doing it was back to back with legends of the hidden temple you have to attack and jump at the same time people don't get it focus (laughs) there's cash money prizes on the line um but i think my favorite incarnation of this series is um in 1990 the Saint John Morrison made a game called "Where in Hell Is Carmen Sandiego?" Is, you're kidding me. Where you track her through hell, and the goal is teaching the player about Dante's Inferno. Zane, I didn't know about this. You didn't. I thought you did. I thought you no. threw a line, a line in. No, I, I thought I was being witty and clever. Nope. Zane, tell me more about where in hell years. is Carmen Sandiego. What? Tell me more about where in hell is Carmen Sandiego. That's all I know. I and you know what? That's as that's as far as they thought like that's clearly one of those ideas that just comes from the it's that's a kim possible 
in of edutainment sort of sure where they just think up the name and then the concept <laughs> generates around the name without any actual like where the fuck is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> yeah it's all about like the prostitution the underbelly <laughs> of like the nightlife and uh i like that okay um but yeah that 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 i guess is our production where can um, let me get into be? the plot yeah um so, our, our premise is that we're watching a kid play a video game. Our our premise is very interesting. This is like an interesting inception level kind of thing where Carmen steals something. The detectives follow clues that Carmen laid out. The detectives succeed at recovering the lost items, but Carmen always gives them the slip. But right. it's not it's not entirely removed from our from our reality because we're sort of assuming the mantle of the player. But I was fine with everything up to that. This is the most unnecessary framing device. Oh, I totally disagree. I I think that this really helps. I don't know. The, the best thing that you can do in edutainment is involve the is involve the audience and making the player make making the audience feel like a player. What is kind of driving the story feels very uh, feels very interactive to me. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. I mean, we we can get into whether or not that's uh, appropriate uh, in in tone and stuff. Sure. Um, do you have anything else to say about the plot, though? Um, I, well, the it, there's some weird shit with like the organization Acme. I didn't really read that much. Founded into by it. one Wild E Coyote. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. <laughs> it had um, to be said. Yeah, he he focused on you know criminal law after he gave up his patents to uh, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> and satan and satan and um, um yeah but there's yeah. this weird like criminal syndicate angle and junior detective squad that really doesn't fit with an actual world um but that's yeah that's the that's the cool thing about it is because like this is clearly not a world which makes any sense there's some times where they enlist like like right in the first episode that i watched mm-hmm. uh not the first episode but the first one that i watched um zach flashes his badge and he's like we're with acme give me your give your give me your uh give me your motorcycle yeah Mr. i was cop. gonna say like and the cop's just like oh you're with acme here you go <laughs> have, he have do- fun apprehending a criminal call for backup he doesn't nope. give them a ride or chase down the criminal he gives them his motorcycle no the, the this this detective agency has gravitas as far yeah. as you know the rest of the world is concerned which They're... is something that only makes sense in a game world i guess yeah no that that'll do it I really, I really like that one facet of it. It, it's pretty interesting. I think sometimes they draw too much attention to it, and sometimes they just ignore it. But on the whole, I guess it works. Well, I mean, you, I, I thought it, it was. So the the main difference that I found with this and Magic School Bus, other than the demographic and the thing they were trying to teach, is that the Magic School Bus one is sort of an integrated learning environment. We're in where on earth is Carmen San Diego? It sort of separates the audience from what is what is being taught, yeah. and it makes you feel a little bit more like a student and a little bit less like a uh, a little bit less like you know the audience. Yeah, and they they have those segments partway through the episode where it's like, "What is this?" Just to see if you're paying attention. It makes you yeah. More who's that Pokemon? Active. You're you're an active participant, which yeah. I I do like that. I mean, I think that, like, uh, for, you know, maybe a preteen or something playing, watching this, it's, like, it's sort of forcing you to pay attention in a Jeopardy with your parents-esque way where you just you just want to get the question right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're never very hard. No. But it, 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 does, it does involve the audience in some way. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I guess 
I guess the show needed a bit more plot and structure, given that it's really just fact after fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a vehicle for teaching, right? It is. It, I, I wouldn't even say that it's more effective than Magic School Bus, but I, I certainly found it more engaging. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. it moved quickly, which I think helped. Like, yeah, they visit like three or four different places in episodes sometimes. Plus a couple action scenes, uh, mm-hmm. clues, bunch of exposition, couple jokes from the chief. Like the, <laughs> the, chief. the plot feels bare bones, but it's like used as an excuse to go from fun fact to fun fact. Yeah, and and once you recognize that that's the point of the show, it isn't like it isn't disruptive. Sure, you you just kind of have to get used to it. Hmm. Um. So with that in mind, what do you say we we talk about the characters involved? Awesome. All right. So let's start with the sister and brother, the brother and sister team of Zach and Ivy. Right. Um, and we can more or less talk to talk about them together. In yeah. That they really fulfill the same role. They're these junior detective squads for Acme, and apparently they're only members. <laughs> whom, who, whose purpose is to track down Carmen and try to apprehend her while also securing these valuable items that are that she's attempting to pilfer. Right. And they have the classic brother-sister dynamic where they, they bug each other, but their skills complement each other, and in the end they need each other. And it's like, uh, uh. Yeah, and um, by, by complement each other, there's an interesting little uh, inversion of the regular man-guy sort of... Uh, dichotomy yeah, yeah. in which Ivy's zach's the, the smart one well you're giving him a bit of credit well he he's the knowledgeable one let's say right so so zach knows like a bunch of languages that and... was so cool to me like, yeah oh I that thought, was great i thought he was the coolest guy there ever was <laughs> like i wanted to date him a little bit when he started speaking like french to that one girl yeah <laughs> i'm just like um, oh what a dreamboat this guy yeah. i can take this guy home to mom i think he knows every language like he's always the interpreter. <laughs> over 20 and she is like the action hero, and it, it, they they do work well together. And <laughs> but um, I don't think he's the only one with knowledge because they both have these just like random facts that they just happen to know, and they knock the other one for not knowing them. It seems like they were sequestered in some sort of library monastery from the age of three to twelve or something, <laughs> and they were just assimilating. Fa- they were like in anathem, but yeah. for but for history, yeah, and um, for children. And for children. Well, no, that was also for children. Professor Otto. (laughs) Von Bismarck? Uh, No. uh, What's his face from Time Squad? Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. Why can't I remember his name? Octavius. That's not it. It is. Um, And Zach is played by Scott Menville, who played... uh, everyone. Mati in Captain Planet. Robin on Teen Titans. Robin. Red Herring from Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Oh, no, really? Yeah, uh, and Lloyd Irving in Tales of Symphonia, the game, uh, which is great. This voice actor, though, like when I when I read that he did all of them, they all clicked in my head. It's like, oh man, that's the same voice, right? <laughs> I had no idea. I, I know it's it's a pretty wide range. He usually just plays Robin, but uh, Red Herring's a bit different. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more wheezy. Yeah, uh, Lloyd Irving is probably an excellent voice cast for that character as well. <laughs> it's good for like brash. Uh, brash action teens, I guess. Yeah. Like, this is who Rex should have been. Right. Um, um, and, and there's I... a little bit of incest going on there, because Ivy is played by uh, the act- the voice actress who did Sheena in Tales of Symphonia. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, J- Jennifer Hale. Yeah, and she is 
uh, as of 2013, Guinness places her as the most prolific female video game voice actress. Wow. So she was Samus in Metroid Prime. Nice. Um, Alexandra Royvis from uh, uh, Eternal Darkness. And uh, also Ophelia from Brutal Legend, which if wow. you take a second, you can you can kind of hear it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. This is one of my favorite voice actresses for video games, so that's um, I was very happy to hear her voice again. Yeah. And the pairing works very well. Yeah, they had they had some real vocal talent on this show, considering oh, yeah. that there's only like four characters, and one of them barely talks. Yeah, one of them is a Zordon, so... <laughs> yeah, they counter each other there. Um, um, yeah. No, they, they have a very professional um, way with the world. They're... Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird that they're, like, from Acme, and that has such a claim to fame and, like, demands authority, but at the same time, they're always, like, like in the streets, like, getting clues from random, you know, street urchins. Yeah, they're hitting the streets, walking the beat path, <laughs> shaking yeah. down the, the usual suspects. <laughs> they're great detectives. I really wanted them to have, like, uh, like cop hats or detective hats, like uh, Sherlock Holmes or something, <laughs> smoking on pipes. One cool thing about Zack is that he um, he he felt a bit to me like Tony Stark in that oh, yeah. he was sort of you can kind of see him morphing into like this tech genius playboy because he's also very technologically gifted. Hmm. Like he's good with machines. I don't think I noticed that as much. It's not as prevalent as the language thing just because of the the setting that they're in. Right. But I I liked that uh I like that character. So yeah. I like Zack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's surprisingly non-offensive like. You know, aesthetically and audially, like surprisingly non-offensive characters for an edutainment show. Yeah. I really like them. I don't like the look of Zach. Really? Um, he looks like Angus from Stone Protectors. Yeah, like as a like, greasy, pimply teen. I don't know. He's just that jacket that's like a bit too big on him. Oh, I thought that was so cool. That's so <laughs> personalizing. It was. Zane, it, we're we're at opposite ends on this show. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I liked the show, and I liked what it did, but I didn't care too much for the characters except for Chief. Mm. Well, let's talk about Chief. <laughs> let's talk about the amazing... Uh, his name is Roger Bumpass. Roger Bumpass. <laughs> um, also known uh, he's as basically, Squidward. Yeah, he's, he, first of all, he's Squidward, which, fantastic. Uh, and Professor uh, He's like Membrane. Squidward in that one episode where he decides to be manic because he's in that town of other Squidwards, and he realizes how much he misses spongebob <laughs> but just all the time and is also game show zordon yeah with a bunch of accents and and jokes that can't really be made by anyone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, no he he's he's the comedic soul of the show because the rest of the show is more serious not really seriously but more seriously toned it's a little bit more high stakes sure and he is placed very conveniently to be just a chance to show a little bit of humor because mm-hmm. it's always in the transitions or when they're just getting intel it's very like calm situations generally sure. when he shows up he reminds me of matthew lesko who you know that guy who dresses up in question marks and tries to get you free money from the government oh that guy. <laughs> yeah do you know that nike shoes apple computer and even h ross perot have used government money programs to help make their millions and you can too i'm matthew lesko and you probably see me on oprah larry king or letterman talking about government money programs well my new book shows you fifteen thousand programs you could use to change your life you could get a better job get an education or start your own business 
Next year, the government's going to give out over $350 billion. And those who know about the programs are the ones who get the money. It sort of looks like the Riddler. <laughs> he was like <laughs> dripping on acid. You got to get free money now. <laughs> big, 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 big. Yeah, right. Uh, um, I don't know. That's just yeah. the it's... first time I saw him, I'm like, that's Matthew Lesko. <laughs> no one's going to have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> Why would you know his name offhand? I don't know. It's just one of those things that sticks with you. Um, no, yeah, I, I love the comedic lines and the fact that they sound like Squidward, but just with way more energy. Yeah. Beautiful. Squidward cracked out. Um, like, even in the first episode, he's like, uh, we're on our way to the Netherlands, which is sometimes called Holland, which is sometimes called the Netherlands. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty funny. And, and, like, these jokes that just slip under the radar, and it really clashes with the over-the-top, like, guess they didn't count on that, sis, <laughs> jokes from the other two. The other jokes, the jokes from the other two are more played for the character development and the brother-sister dynamic yes. of, you know, kind of playful versus serious. Right. Um, Whereas he is strictly, generally when he shows up, he's strictly making jokes to the audience, sort of in a tiger, like, humming to himself in the desert sort of way. Yeah. Like, he's not really, he's not really fleshed out, because that's not his function. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Um, He kind of reminds me of those um, Crash Course videos on YouTube. Crash Course. Yeah, those, like, John and Hank Green people. I don't know who you're talking about. They they do like info things on like history and science and like summaries, but they talk like really fast. It's a great way to give information quickly, and it can be fun if you like write it well. But mm-hmm. like if you have trouble, like if English is not your first language, or if you're like too young, a lot of the info just goes like right past you. And I don't know. It's it felt like they did that here, and I guess I don't know. I th- I think this has to do with where where you think the demographics were, because I thought it was a little misplaced. Because I I think I thought the show was for someone a bit younger oh okay i i don't know i could see it being for a bit older than i think you than you thought like i think preteen early teen is hmm. probably is probably a good fit for this i show. mean i i i enjoyed it i i, I enjoyed don't really it want to watch more of it but like it's that's it's not every episode is the same <laughs> if i was being forced to watch an edutainment show this would probably be at the top of my list it's a <laughs> what about drunk history i i don't even know what that is man it's it's uh are you sure that's edutainment considering it's got drunk in the title it's it's uh you know you get a bunch of historians drunk and then they tell you a story and then they act it out with uh celebrities that sounds like dan cave's wet dream <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it um, sounds like where he wants to live the rest of his life <laughs> um, um the sorry he's also trying to thought no that's okay um you're okay. one thing about matthew lesko is that he is he also is a good source of pop culture references Really? Like, yeah. The first quest, the first uh, episode I saw, he was quoting the Music Man in a really funny way. Oh yeah. Did you see that episode too? The first episode? That wasn't the. Fr- that was the first one in the fourth season, yo. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really keep track. But, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel the need to watch too many because after I watched the first episode, I was like, I can already tell every episode's going to be the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, but I I was pretty I was pretty into the different ways they resolved. Yeah. Like That's it's true. it's another it's another Shakespeare show where you know how it's going to resolve. It's just <laughs> watching it resolve. That's fun. Exactly. Like but, how it uh, gets but, but what was he saying about? Um, oh, he was just like warning them about this bad guy named uh, Traitor. I think. Oh, yeah, I did see this one. The, Judge the... Traitor. Yeah, like, 
R in, RB Trader. RB Trader. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. That's a pun on and several levels. He's, yeah, they're all named like that. And he says something like, you guys got to get out of here right now. Uh, he His name, uh, you're, or it's going to be trouble with a capital T <laughs> that rhymes with T that stands for traitor or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there, so I, there, enjoy, there I enjoy are, the pop culture references. There's quite when, a few yeah, pop culture yeah. references that are easy to miss, but again, I, it's giving like you them. like it's it's the uh, some for the adults in the room. There, it's the only place they could have put it, and uh, you know, I always appreciate when a show has this talent for maybe like I don't like it when a show showcases its talent inappropriately. Sure. This was the right place to put a joke like that. It's, if a joke like that was going to show up, this is who had to say it. It's thoughtful. Yeah. It's just a nice thing to do. It's considerate. It's considerate to the, the continuity of the show. And, you know, Chief really is a very helpful and considerate, if overbearing, character. He's kind of <laughs> like um Clippy, like who? from Microsoft Word. Oh, that fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can see you're trying to solve a, a mystery. Would you like some help with that? You want me to tell <laughs> you about the pyramids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think he's a little bit more genial and, and like, uh, gregarious than Clippy. Um, yeah. I, I was always pretty into when he was, like, in one of his look-at-this-new-place sort of sort of situations. He gets so excited. I know, you just you want to listen to him. You want to listen to him learn. in a way that you want to listen to a toddler tell you his dream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't really care what he's saying, but he he seems so into it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And let's just wrap up with Carmen before talking about how, like, the show kind of works, I guess. Absolutely. So Carmen is played, uh, is voiced by Rita Morena. Yeah. I don't know if you looked into her history. I did. She's got an EGOT. A what? Uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Oh, is I, I I wasn't aware that that was like a a, a hot streak that you could go through for, mm-hmm. as a voice actor. That's pretty impressive, and it's it's reasonable considering she's been doing this for like sixty some odd years. Yeah, she she like was the lead supporting actress in West Side Story. Yeah, she's been going since nineteen sixty one. It's crazy, and she's still working. Yeah. <laughs> um, an interesting piece of trivia about her is she dated both Marlon Brando and Elvis Presley. That's quite a lot of man. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, okay, I, I got my libido out of the way for all time. <laughs> time to time to really devote myself to my work. Although, uh, according to her Wikipedia, apparently Elvis was not a great lover, which I found funny. Well, was it young Elvis or old Elvis? <laughs> More importantly, was it skinny Elvis or fat Elvis? <laughs> was it bulk or skull? <laughs> Uh, might might be time to cut that in again. <laughs> um, uh. She, like I said, she was also on Magic School Bus and Cosby Mysteries. So one wonders if maybe she had a real soft spot in her heart for this sort of edutainment uh, present presentation. What or mysteries? If... Cosby Mysteries, man. What is that? It's kind of exactly what it sounds like. I imagine. You know, I I really shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's an interest. There's some interesting backstory with Carmen. Uh, that yeah. that reflects on like the well, that reflects on the players. Or I she mean, like the detectives. she used to work for Acme, and then she defected. Right. I figured that much out. Um, and it's it's interesting how she's on a first name basis with the detectives. Yeah. I wonder if maybe I I got the feeling like Carmen defected before the new detectives 
like joined Acme? I I got the sense that she was that she, like she's their long lost mother. <laughs> well, the just because thing, kind the of thing. Thing about her, and the thing that really uh, gives the only amount of depth to this show mm-hmm. is that she gives she purposefully gives them clues yes. to find her. Yes, which is a clear tie into the game, and. I, it doesn't work in a realistic setting, which is one of those things that I attributed to why it was appropriate to have a player behind the controls. Because we are just playing the game again. Right. Well, you have to keep in mind, the things she's stealing, like, a lot of them don't actually have any value. Like, in the yeah, first episode, she stole... Yeah, it's all over most yeah, of the time. Yeah, she, like, stole parts of different paintings to make the most beautiful painting in the world, show it to everyone... And, that's and then bug her it. off until next time. Yeah, yeah she, like, does, she doesn't really have a strong dismount to any of these plans, <laughs> to the point at which I'm wondering if she's still an agent for Acme, and this is just a training, training. simulation yeah, for detectives. I, I think that was a plot line in at least one episode, but... I, I, yeah, don't, I don't believe that it was. <laughs> I, I think she wants to get caught. Damn it, Zane. I put that there, and I was willing to not mention it. <laughs> <laughs> you see... The criminal psyche. Now, if we could talk about the criminal mind. Now, Zane, I uh, I had this moment earlier where I was talking to someone, and they said they like uh, um, they, they were like an older person, like like someone that I'm not terribly involved with, but like I was just chatting with them, and they they said something to the effect of they grow up so fast, and I just like looked at them like man do you realize what you just said? And she's just like, oh, man, that sounded really old. I'm like, yeah, that was horrendous. <laughs> Kids these days. <laughs> just our time. We don't have as much time. The world's moving so fast these days. <laughs> Grew up around him. Yep. Um, just like Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Anyway. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It adds to the fantastical... Like, like it's supposed to be feeling like the game, and I think mm-hmm. g- her giving away those clues. Those are not helpful clues, though. No. No, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. Um, but, you know, it's that... Uh, I mean, like, this is not something that a normal detective could pick out, because it is not a normal crime. Sure. The crime is delivering on a silver platter convoluted clues, almost like a... Like a puzzle book that you get at the dollar store sort of deal right like an iq test book if you have 30 mounds of clay and you can make an, <laughs> left another statue you can make a statue out of five and every time you make five you can make an extra one how many clay statues can you make or whatever yeah and the yeah, answer is you, like steal, you steal the clay statues <laughs> yes to, to prove that you can <laughs> and then give it back which which brings up another point it seems like she's the only criminal in the world and her henchmen I don't think you you watched the the the, the fourth ep- the fourth season apparently was pretty rife with them battling this other organization. Oh really? Which by the way her organization is called Vile. Of course it is. <laughs> Cuz and I'm sure those those letters don't stand for a goddamn thing. But very ingenious Liza Eliza. <laughs> that, one, that one didn't pan out. Um <laughs> What does Acme um, stand for? I, I don't know. A crime living producing agency. What was that? Agency? Agency? And did you just say agency? <laughs> um moving on. 
So anyway, yeah, there's apparently another organization in a black black uh, in a black knight sort of way. Uh huh. Um, that they have to team up with Carmen a few times to stop. Man, I love that. Yeah, I know you do. It, it's not really cool, and it, it, it sort of <laughs> makes you think that Carmen might actually be on their side the whole time. I'm but you, uh, long lost mom. Honestly. Most of the time, I'm going to be pretty into trying to figure out the point behind shows, but with edutainment, it's just not necessary. Right. We didn't need that. Like, I knew every episode would be the same, and I was okay with that. There were a few, like, two- and three-parters that got kind of more, like, there were crimes, but there were also a lot more action and also, like, uh, some backstory. So so those worked Mm -hmm. all right. Yeah, and you know what? In this show, I think that to like shed light onto like the fact that Zach is afraid to talk to girls, or that Ivy always was the tomboy growing up and had to fend for. I wouldn't have wanted any of that in this show. Sure, I wouldn't have wanted any characterization beyond these being playable characters that the player is using to catch Carmen. That's the that's the narrative I like in this show. Yeah. And it seems like you didn't care for it, but uh, uh, I just I felt it was the, unnecessary. I but I can the... I can definitely see now, like if if you got somebody who wants to be, you know, if, if you have somebody who who can put themselves into that place and and watch mm-hmm. it, because I'm so jaded with cartoons by now. I'm no longer <laughs> like I remember the the early days of the podcast. Oh, those were, we grew up so fast, <laughs> where it was always like, oh, but this is about the perspective of the characters or the perspective of the audience. And now I'm just like, yeah, he fell down. <laughs> uh, Hampton's a pig. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if jaded is the correct word. <laughs> it's just it's just that the, it's I've seen too much. <laughs> you don't get it, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that woman is dead. <laughs> um, yeah, may- maybe. I don't know. I, I think it's okay. Um, I think it's okay to have a show that knows its function and doesn't require like. You know, I'm usually going to be into a darker subplot that can be drawn from, like, Hamtaro or anything. Sure. But I I sort of like the narrative that they give us enough that uh, I was okay not delving further. I I actually have an idea of a dark... Oh, yeah? Say, if you don't mind. Um, what, do you want to save it for the dark segment? No. Great. Um, give I it like, to us. <laughs> um, so, keeping in the meta kind of, like the audience is the player sense of the sh- of the show mm-hmm. this is a meta dark segment um and the show is a conspiracy to make americans dumber by reinforcing <laughs> stereotypes and providing incorrect information while suddenly making our enemies seem better and our allies weaker <laughs> <laughs> thoughts well then uh not many uh, you could say the same thing about case closed, and that's just forcing us to draw bad conclusions. <laughs> but that yeah. that does bring something up, um, or rather, no, it doesn't. But it's just something I just thought of: the fact that Carmen San Diego, um, this mastermind thief, is a woman. How do you feel about that? Um, honestly, I I don't know if it played that much into her character. Like it was just like it's refreshing to see a character where it's like she is a woman. But it, it's not like it's not like there's a huge plot-driven reason why she's a woman. It's just like, hey, cool just character. Yeah, just happens to be. Right, and and that's the part I like. The part that I don't like is that she's so clearly, you know, it, well, not really even clearly evil. She's like as evil as Broderhouse or whatever allowed them to allowed her to be. Right. But uh, 
Yeah, I think I really like the fact that, I mean, she looks very, she looks and sounds very appropriate for her role. And mm-hmm. yeah. it might have been, like, with this sort of, I feel like this happens a lot in, like, you know, the cat burglar female femme fatale sort of thing. Oh, the, the sort of subtlety and stealth rather than uh, yeah. brute force whenever you criminal? Yeah, whenever you have, like, a art or gem thief, that's it's never a guy. Because guys don't look good in leather. That's that's kind of half of what I was thinking. I, I really like her. I really <laughs> it's like called her the Night Rider though. paradox. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There is one more character that we should probably talk about. Is it the player? It is the player. Mm-hmm. I know that you don't care to, but it's 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 definitely there. So we should talk about it. Um, yeah, he he's basically just the vehicle that gives fe- that he's he's what lets us feel. Like, we're part of the show. Yeah. Which invests me somewhat to the to the actual crime going on. I, I do like the back-and-forth ribbing between him and yeah. Carbon um, at yeah. the beginning and end of the show. Like, I like you couldn't get me this time, uh, player. He's like, oh, but it's just a matter of time. Like, this real, like... <laughs> I, I love the cat-and-mouse mentality behind it. It's a good way to end and set up a show, it, you know, so that you don't have to, like, high-five freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very unique, at the very least. Yeah. I think it's maybe the coolest part of the show, honestly. Yeah, it's starting to grow on me. Oh, really? Um, they, <laughs> I'm very persuasive. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just, just feels kind of natural. I just, um, in, I, I've realized, and this is just kind of a personal note, mm. is that, um... I like having really strong opinions, but I'm not like married to them. Right. <laughs> so sure. <laughs> I, I realized like, oh, you know, a sports game is more fun if you have a strong opinion about who you like if you root for a team. Well Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, well, okay, well I I'll probably get into more interesting conversations and learn more if I have strong opinions. Yeah, you But I want to keep incorrect. an open mind. Right. Mm-hmm. I figure if I'm wrong, I'll learn like someone will tell me faster. Yeah, the being consistently wrong early on affords you the opportunity to be consistently right later. It's a, it's a great, great thing. <laughs> Saying the rest of our show is going to be super bland now because you agree with me. I'm sorry. Um, I can okay. still I can still make fun of it if you'd like to. Uh, <laughs> I just remember a couple of instances. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did this every time, but sometimes when they're it's like camera over the shoulder of the player. Yeah, and sometimes they cut to the image of that of the player at the computer, mm-hmm. and he's not typing, but you hear typing. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little really, lazy. It's just really funny to me. It, you think they just Google imaged uh, like a picture of uh, some guy at his computer from over the shoulder? No, I just I just didn't think they communicated and didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't uh, notice that. It's kind of funny though. Yeah. Um, should we jump into the tone and genre? Yeah, and I think we've di- we've dipped in a bit. It's um, yes. you know they don't worry about things like travel circumstances or family relationships or yeah they don't like need that. you know uh, Archimedes to shuttle them from one country to the next. They just have an Indiana Jones style map with a dotted line going from place to place. Well, they use this thing called the C five. Yeah, which sounds awesome. What and a it's... weird little detail into this like covert spy detective organization yeah in which that's their only implement (laughs) it's the only thing from the future they get is teleportation hey chief c5 us a route over to uh you know denny's (laughs) i uh, i don't think that should be used in that way 
<laughs> we'll pick you up some. <laughs> um, but the like, what I th- I really like about it is it it allows you to not worry about how they're getting from one place to another. You know, it's sure. not like in Kim Possible where it's like, okay, well, I need to make up a person and a problem they had and how Kim Possible saved it and then show that. Oh, but but that was so much just for a joke. Like, <laughs> That's true. I mean. I think they're effectively the same thing, but just with different purposes. Sure. Like, they're both giving you a way to get from one place to the next. The Kim Possible one is telling a joke and possibly showing you how much of a badass Kim is. Yeah. And this but one is telling it, you about the setting that you're about to be looking at. Yeah. And they neither one would work in the other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, both, yeah. And it's it's not a thing that I've looked at terribly closely, is how scene transitions happen. I think this is pretty... It's pretty appropriate and smooth. I don't feel like they're jarring me out of one scene to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they, they give that sort of transition period, and, and it's helped by a number of different animation styles. Yeah. Really it looks pretty cool. things over. Oh, they oh, go through oh, yeah. these, like, MST3K-style doors into this hallway where it's <laughs> like you're, like, walking through a museum... Yeah, like it's, it's a lot smoother than the crime dungeon. <laughs> Although the crime dungeon just you know it just made me feel tingly all over in a really satisfying <laughs> way. Um, one time I went to a uh, just just to just to give you one of my museum memories. Museum. Uh, <laughs> uh, musea is that the Latin plural? Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I went to a mummy exhibit that sort of felt like this hallway where you just have a bunch of things to look at and somebody is explaining them as you walk from place to place because it's one of those like uh those audio tour things. Yeah. And uh apparently uh just just a couple of memories I have about mummies that I couldn't put anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> apparently people used to have something called unwrapping parties where it's like a wine and cheese sort of club. <laughs> but the event was not talking about books or bitching about our husbands. It was unwrapping a mummy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, now this is the thing. About, <laughs> is they're in this show? They, you know, they're they're going to like three different locations in an, in an episode. Yeah. So they're trying to explore and explain a new location, and they're just trying to give you like, okay, these are these are the pieces of information that are like most relevant, the things that most people think of. Okay, what do I know about Egypt? Well, there's pyramids, there's the Sphinx, mm-hmm. um, and that's good. But then you get the this whole like stereotype issue. Oh, like the Captain Planet demographic thing. Yeah, where you know, was it that aggressive? Um, you know, in in some ways I liked it. I just worry that like, you know, when when you see them go to India and they're walking through like the the bazaar. Oh and, sure, and it's they're, they're showing packed. you the places that are not like America. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you, the they're showing were you what's okay, different, though. and they're showing you what's like. They're showing you what is already in your pop culture mind. What these places look like. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's like really necessary. Because of the demographic that you're appealing to. Like, yeah. Do you so think like, it would just completely shut people off that they're like, well, this place, it can't be Africa. <laughs> look, it's, look, it's got buildings. Yeah. So on the one hand, I really like that they're like, this is what makes things 
different about this place and these are some of its unique culture and history and on the other hand it's like these people are different yeah it's like Kwame talking about his like uh, about his native land and celebrating kwanzaa sort of yeah exactly you know it's um yeah it's a little bit weird but you know what i do like that they didn't like whitewash people Sure, and and they actually don't carry that over into the actual inhabitants of the place. They're always kind of just like regular people, but with an accent. Yeah, and they're they're uh, just friendly, so normal bad. people. Mm-hmm. They're not all like wearing burkas and like doing the Russian dance with the with those knees things. They're just people that dress in like you know normal person clothes. Yeah. Um. Not to not to you know say that any type of clothing <laughs> is more normal than others, but. Um, you know, they dress um, kind of like Zack and Ivy do. They talk sort of like in the same tones as mm-hmm. Zack and Ivy, but they have an accent. And there are a lot of um, subtle things to acclimate you to each of the different uh, environments that are I they? really liked. I thought that was sort of lacking. Well, here's the thing. Um, the in, in addition to just like the way that the places were set up, like if you're going to a new city in the show... They will do a variety of different uh, sweeps. Mm. So, like, you'll see, like, zoomed out from, like, a helicopter sort of view and also, like, on the street view. Um, Usually, if there's, like, a chase scene, you could see them go through a variety of, you know, different street areas. Mm -hmm. Just they're, They're just trying to represent the areas as best as possible. And they have, like, music. Like... Oh, like that's right. Like, lo- location-specific music. I guess so, they do, don't so they? Like, I didn't even notice. The, I, I would, I would even say like the animation and the music can't really be separated out all that much. They, they all kind of combine to show you like the main characters in this show are the places. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Because you know each of them get like this spotlight for part of an episode, and they're just completely fleshed out. You show their inhabitants. Their culture, their history, the way things look, the way things sound, and uh, it, it's like a who's who of the world, huh? You like in a let, let me just try to connect it back to something that we talked sort of like about that, you know, in case closed, how uh, it very rarely actually focuses on the main characters. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of what shows you the setting that we're in. The yeah, yeah, the, the focus facts. is on the bit parts. It, they just tell us the who's who. And the other stuff, you know, they're not actually the characters that we're focusing on. Is it sort of like that? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. I, I hadn't noticed that. I wasn't looking for it, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and usually a lot of that stuff comes in during that, um, you know, C5 tunnel where the chief is like speaking in a stereotypical accent and there's some music in the background <laughs> and he's like... "If it, Again, if anyone can be racist, it's chief. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, China. Home to gigantic walls and... <laughs> People named Ching Chong Bing Bong. <laughs> okay, Chief. That's that's quite enough. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. If, if you were going to have a joke like that, you'd have Chief say it. Which uh, Exactly. I, I did want to say something about how this show is toned, which is that it is very, very fun and, you know... It it's not high stakes generally. Like, let me let me try again. So, I think I think that uh, this show, the detective 
the the part where it's like a detective sort of sort of thing rather than an action mm-hmm. thing and the fact that we're trying to do edutainment it's all very fun and sort of cat and mouse and uh and playful yeah no one's you don't feel like anyone's gonna die even though zach almost dies like three times an yeah, episode but it's his, it's his fucking fault though Sure. Like, it, there's not like murder, murderous intent behind any of it. It's all, it's all a game to them. Which, by the way, uh, makes a little bit of sense because it is. <laughs> so once you like, I think this is another aspect of uh, the the fact that it's a player behind the game, behind the show. Um, again, mm. lends it to us treating it with less sincerity, and kind of gets us wrapped up in the in the cat and mouse aspect of it a little bit. Like I'm not worried that the Mona Lisa has been stolen. That's, no, that's non-canon. Not. The point is, hey, Carmen's at it again. We can go stop her. <laughs> Are we bad enough dudes to go stop Carmen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this show is actually more like a Scooby Doo sort of mystery than a Almost. case closed sort of mystery, except with a lot of ham-fisted information being thrown at you. Yeah. Whereas normally Scooby and Shaggy would go find a snack. This time we get to learn about, uh, you know, the tea party of whatever. Yeah. And like Scooby-Doo, this show eventually jumped the shark and threw in like time travel elements <laughs> and like... And like Scooby-Doo, Red Herring showed up. And yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> huh. he, hit, he hit puberty and, uh, you know. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing about the, uh, the is tone... That this, is he wearing the same jacket? As as red herring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I'm Let, this. Let's leave that one for the ages. You might um, say it's a red herring. No, I got it. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing where it's like a fun game is the names of all the villains. It, he's wearing it's the same costume. You're looking it up now. Hold on, let me see this. <laughs> I'm image searching and comparing the two, and like. Yeah, it's the same jacket, and he changed the color of his shirt. And otherwise, these two characters, like, he just grew up a little bit. Does he have a does he have a He Man style grin in both images? Uh, definitely got it in, in the Zach. <laughs> yeah, he does. I'll be honest. I just typed in red herring into Google, um, and one of the fish. main entries is is Scooby Doo. But I'm just seeing a lot of fish. <laughs> I always really liked red some herring. Of, some of them with the Soviet hammer and sickle on them. Well. <laughs> yeah, House Tully, right? What is this? Family first, then communism. <laughs> then um I'll send you a great picture. I'll put it I'll post it. Um okay, well, that's great. <laughs> Thank you, Zane. Uh, All right, sorry about that no, interlude. <laughs> it's totally fine. I just wanted to pin up the idea that it's uh that it's you know, playfully toned in the names of all the villains. Yes. Like, they're straight out of, like, choose-your-own-adventure Goosebumps novels. Yeah. Like, Dr. Von Frankenfurt or something garbage (laughs) like that. Like, the the names are pretty punny. Like, you have R.B. Trader, you've got Detritus, you've got Buck and Bronco. Yeah. The list just... The list just... It resonates with my soul. (laughs) I I really love the names. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, other than that, I'm I'm pretty good on the tone of the show. Yep. So, animation. Yeah, so like I said, um, you know, there's no, you know, whitewashing. There's no like, hey, we're in Africa. Why is everyone, you know, 
look European. Um, mm-hmm. There's none of that. But what they do have in terms of ridiculous-looking people are Carmen's henchmen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you find that as big a problem as I did? They they might as well have been wearing masks. I didn't pay them any attention. Well, that's the thing. But if you look at like, they're like all from the League of Shadows. Yeah, so you barely see any skin. My life for Carmen. They're, they're, yeah, they're almost completely covered, and they have these big pads over their forearms, and just like <laughs> the most clashing color scheme. They don't blend in. They're just so random. Like she's this like stealthy criminal, like wearing oh, I'm an art thief. She's like such a smart, like high class, sophisticated person. And then you can she's tell just, by like, her hat. And then she's just like hiring these numbskulls who all look the same and dress it in like. I kind of appreciate colors. that, but I'm not certain why. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense in that it labels them as antagonists. Yeah. Because it, it's not as though Zack and Ivy are trying to hide from, uh, well, actually, no, they, yeah, you know what? It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, you know what? If it ever gets to the point in which Carmen needs bruisers, like, She's that's already the game lost. Plan. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the stealth game is over. Right. And sometimes she'll have a couple of people with her, just kind of in, in like, as the chauffeur or, you know, some other character we met earlier, but we didn't realize was one of her henchmen. Why Why would she need a chauffeur when everything around her turns into a rocket yeah, or so a jetpack? Yeah, so that's the other thing. <laughs> Carmen's getaways are always really funny. <laughs> They're over the top in the most unbelievable way that, like... Is totally going to appeal to a 13-year-old playing this game. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just got shot out of a cannon that turned into a shark. <laughs> Sweet. I can't yeah. be mad at her. Like, any mode of transportation that is red <laughs> it will transform. She's got, like, a Wily-esque color motif. Yeah. That, that, that outfit is not suited for stealth very well. It is gooded for Halloween. Did you um, just say it was gooded for Halloween? <laughs> you got a problem? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. well suited. It's very it's very iconic. It is. Like I, I think that the idea that t- to make the icon for the show the silhouette of her with the cap is really good. That's a great idea. Yeah, and it and it goes to show like all of these all of these incarnations of this of this game. It's all Carmen San Diego. Like that's the consistent thing yeah. in, in the in the theme. Like she is larger than any one She's the aspect cash cow of this in this universe. She's the Garfield of it. Like exactly. the show doesn't work without her. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the uh, there's there's one really fun thing in the animation. Unless you wanted to talk more about that. No, no, go ahead. There's one really f- fun thing in the animation during those uh, Zordon hallway edutainment segments. <laughs> I love it. Which is <laughs> where he's introducing the new place, and you see him in, like, or, no, he's explaining the new place, and he's talking about the famous figures, and they're all, like, these crude flash animation <laughs> idiot drawings. Yes. <laughs> like, like, or, like, they're, like, way more limited pictures. animation than the rest of the show. There's, like, live-action pictures and, like, somebody's mouth detaches and moves around and talks. Yeah, it's, like, a Lego man, but with, like, Beethoven's, like, mimeographed face on top. Like, he just came out straight. It's, like, Tom goes to the mayor graphics. It's yeah. great. So, there are, in total, four different animation styles. <laughs> There's your generic Saturday morning cartoon. 
Yep. There's the CGI that goes between cutscenes in the C5 machine. Mm-hmm. There's these extremely basic MS Paint drawings <laughs> that kind of move like they're pop-up books. I like, really love them. Yeah, and then like, there's a the little tab on pictures. the side to move Beethoven's arm to compose music. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, what a good detail. Like, and, 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 and like, again, fact, owing to the comedic tone for whenever Matthew Lesko shows up. The the fact that they like use like the CGI and the live action stuff makes the animation transitions a lot more seamless. Like, if you remember on Time Squad, whenever they were showing, like, a live-action thing in that huge uh, computer screen, Mm -hmm. it clashed a little bit. Like, it felt weird. It did feel a little bit weird. Here, it's a lot more seamless. It's, yeah, it's very, because it's within the, it's within the setting. Like, back in Time Squad, presumably, they're looking up in a history book what they look like, and they look like normal goddamn people. (laughs) Here, it's this idiot hologram <laughs> being a goofus <laughs> like it's okay for him to go off script yeah <laughs> and also beyond that there's another reason is because it's actually in a game yeah absolutely it's okay to have photorealistic little drawings yeah the the rendering wasn't good enough yeah we like, just, there's just not enough processing speed here like in in a setting that was not edutainment based i would probably get tired of the whole player playing the game thing Mm-hmm. But here, it just props itself up. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I'm trying to convince you a little too hard, but it, it felt no, appropriate I'm, to me. I, I'm with you. Okay, um, cool. One the one thing that I don't think you'll be able to sell me on, <laughs> okay, is that these action scenes are extremely poorly choreographed. I really hate the action scenes. Um, like just just in the first episode alone, when when like their motorbikes leap off of a drawbridge. <laughs> and the guy they're following, like his bike turns into a plane. Um, oh yeah! Like it's hard. Michael to tell. Bay, get on it. It's hard to tell who's who and who's doing what. It's a little busy, you think? And it's just they don't cut well. Like the you know the the angles are done in such a way that it's hard to tell where things are coming from or who we're looking at, and they obscure the face. Or like when they're hanging on different ends of the roof of the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. And it cuts away to like look at the henchmen, and then it cuts back, and they're on the same spot. Yeah, it's just it that it felt lazy in a show that is definitely not. Yeah, it, it's generally pretty up and up when it comes to the detective story aspect, yeah, even I mean, though it's I an unrealistic like, detective story. I feel like for almost all of this show, they put a lot of effort in. Like the when you're doing something that you know could offend people in terms of like the stereotypes that I mentioned, like. Mm-hmm. Figuring out what jokes Chief could make that were okay. <laughs> and, like, you know, and, like, figuring out, okay, this is the information that's most important. And these are the places they can go. And here, here's the clues. Like, it felt very, very meticulously done. And then this action sh- scene shows up. And they're just, like, throwing paint cans around and hoping we won't notice. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think you might be actually attributing more work to the show than I am. It felt good, but I didn't. I never got the in, I never got the uh, the impression that it was given more thought than most other Saturday morning cartoon shows. I mean, certainly for you know uh, making it an entertainment show, they had to try a little bit harder, but not in terms of like production or animation or anything. I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought that. I just got a real sense of deliberateness. The action is definitely much sloppier than the rest of it, and I think that owes to the fact that the tone doesn't really support an action show. Right. Like I said, it's more playful than that. 
it's all about the it's all about the game. It's all about Sherlock trying to corner Moriarty using his mind rather than his body. Sure. And <laughs> which is a nice slash fix opportunity <laughs> if I ever get the time. Um, but <laughs> it's been done many times already. I know. But um. <laughs> but never well probably through time travel, um, or on the Taj Mahal. The uh, that's another thing that Sherlock does very well. Actually, oh, yeah? like he he showcases different di- different demographics and society societies. I think. Yeah, I think so. Or a- or attributes of history. Um, maybe that's just my memory messing with me. But no, like he, he you know in one scene he's talking to the king, and then the next scene he's talking to a drug addict, and you know he treats them both like shit. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I know what that says. Though. The uh, action scene is very forced. Do you want to talk about audio? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I think we're almost done. Yeah. Um, um, I just wanted to comment on the fact that the intro theme is not even close to as good as the at capturing the spirit of a chase slash mystery it's as like the they acapella trying, version. It's like they were trying to do like a faux operatic kind of thing. It just it was just not good. No, there's no better way to put it than it just wasn't good. It wasn't, it was more, it was more like a, it was more of a production and less of a playful thing. They already had the greatest acapella song <laughs> ever written. <laughs> well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. Mickey Finger touch up from Berlin down to Wasn't it from that was from the game show, right? Maybe they couldn't yeah. get the rights. It's the, Ben. This is the same thing that we talked about in Mega Man. It already exists. <laughs> I, I know. How could I they not have the rights? I'm trying to give them a, a, a the same. Thing. I'm trying to give them a, a reason that they 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 messed this up, but I can't think of one. Um, yeah, that theme song is done by uh, Rockapella, which I saw in Boston once. Uh, oh yeah. I forget when, maybe last year, maybe a couple years ago. Yeah, oh, they're just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love acapella. Um, yeah, I tend not to, but this one's very good. Yeah, I, I, we'll probably put it in the outro or something. I listen to it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned before how they use, like, authentic music, and they mm-hmm. don't, and, and, you know, like, they try to keep cultural, culturally specific things included. Yeah. Um, you know, people are wearing the right clothing. But they also use real languages with subtitles. Yeah, they do, don't they? It adds a nice bit of flavor. And I love having I love having a uh, Robin slash Red Herring like <laughs> be all sexy and mysterious to some Venezuelan girl. Yeah, I mean that's just part of my life. That was just a hole that wasn't filled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that one scene. <laughs> I've seen it now. Now I can be happy. <laughs> this is what it feels like when doves cry. Um, you lamos. <laughs> uh, what was that, Roger Klotz? <laughs> no, that was Red Herring. Oh, of course. Wasn't very good. <laughs> no, it's okay. I haven't heard him in a while. And it doesn't sound anything like Robin, because that voice actor is just great. Yeah. Do you have anything else for the audio? I do not. Um, yeah. yeah. They've got some action music. They've got some, like... We're in trouble sounds like wah. Mm-hmm. Eh, so, nothing much. Nothing much else. 
Yeah, I I like the uh, I like the theme music for when they're going from down that like uh, MST3K hallway. It felt very Doctor Who. Yeah, I I kind of reminded me of the Brain Blast a little bit. <laughs> I fucking hate the Brain Blast. Thing. I know you do. <laughs> uh, what if it was just Jimmy Neutron that he was what the you... player? <laughs> I need to learn about history. I'm getting yeah. an F in history. All I can do is science. I need to educate myself. Yeah, <laughs> he watched a little too much uh, Magic School Bus. Not enough Carmen San Diego. What if What if the player was just a total jackass, and Zach and <laughs> Ivy just like just keep walking into the river and drowning like, again and again, no, respawning, like, progressively like treated him worse and worse and hands off. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> like they're like he's their boss, but they hate him. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like, he just keeps clicking a command, and, like, after a while, they're just like, dude, we're not going to do that. Come on! We told you, like, eight times! (laughs) (laughs) Poor Matthew Lesko is just, he's got, like, bloodshot eyes. He's like, I just need to rest. (laughs) Just let me recuperate, let me reboot. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just picturing, like, somebody putting a mind control helmet on that money guy. (laughs) I like controlling him, and like it's his own. Like I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Which movie would you most want to see? Like, what person would you want to see a movie about them being mind controlled and just slowly breaking down? Um, can you give me more context into this hypothetical movie? You know, like they're they've got a helmet that tells them what to do, and you see their slow descent into madness. Who who would you prefer? I like I like the Lesko guy. Matthew Lesko's not bad. Um, it's kind of like a Twitch play, uh, Twitch plays Pokemon scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I can't quiet the voices. They keep yeah. telling me to do things. <laughs> Finally, I've achieved the one thing I was looking for: quiet. <laughs> uh, uh, what a weird, I, interesting phenomenon that was. I, uh, I, I still go back occasionally and look at the lore, and I'm like. Well done. It's like beautiful. This, like every so often, the internet will just churn out something that's just so perfectly crafted <laughs> to represent the people, like the demographic and the and the microcosm that it was using. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, I think we've hit our reference limit for this episode. <laughs> or put another way, we've traveled all around the world looking at our own history of things <laughs> we've watched lately. Why? <laughs> What's uh, wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> anyway, um, Zane, what are we doing next time? Well, Gumshoes, we are going to check <laughs> out... Uh, we're leaving the history, and we are going into the future uh, and checking out Star Trek, the animated series. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and this is a big hole in my pop culture knowledge, so I'm looking forward to talking about star 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 culture at length. Yeah, I, from what I've seen of the, um, you know, the original series, and that's the only, like, Star Trek I've actually seen aside from those new movies, is, like, the things that everybody knows about Star Trek are really the only things to know about Star Trek. Yeah, I got that impression. Like, I never, whenever I hear about someone talking about, like, it's it's like this guy from Star Trek, Star Trek has kind of reached this critical point and gone past it where they're the basis that so many things since then in pop culture are like based on there's so many characters that are like them that i just have a more relevant example yeah 
Like, I'm, they already have, like, a data and a uh, and a wharf, you know? Right, right. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, I'm secretly hoping that it's just complete departure in theme, and it's, like, wacky space cases kind of thing. I, um, I really hope that I get a, a lot, a large amount of scenes where, um, where a uh, Priceline negotiator tries to bed green women. Yeah. That should be great. <laughs> or He's Edward Let's guy, Go. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to discussing how it would be different if it were directed by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> um, uh, so what are we doing? What are we doing next time? Um, yeah, after that, I thought that it would be uh, fun to check out a show that a lot of people have told me about and that I didn't experience as a kid. I thought it would be fun to talk about Gargoyles. Ooh, Gargoyles. So, yeah, that one's from the vaults. It's, you know, one of them top 90s list sort of shows uh yeah you know that i just seems, have never watched it seems right up your alley because i've heard you know it's it's dark it's it's moderately paced and it's um it's very smart i've heard the uh the but idea, also gargoyles are there sure i, I had <laughs> this uh i had this conversation recently with uh, a friend of mine from grad school and uh he I sort of have this ongoing fantasy that eventually I will become rich and be able to retire to a mansion in which everybody I like being around retires with me and I have them do separate jobs for me. Hmm. In sort of a sociopathic sort of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. No, the, like, the, cult, I, the cult leader scenario. Not really cult leader, just like I, I am able to buy them out of the lives that they have and they get uh-huh. like better a better life with me but they're each like suited to a particular purpose in my day like bruce is gonna make me breakfast and tell me what i'm gonna do for the day and you know in what sense is this not a cult (laughs) (laughs) the part where i pay them obviously but Mm. uh mark my friend mark came by and asked what he wanted what he what his job would be and i told (laughs) him so you've told people about this yeah i mean absolutely Uh, my harem is on upwards of 15 people now, which I'm pretty happy about. <laughs> Are but, they happy uh, about it? I told Mark that he could either be my pool boy or a gargoyle on, on one of my, like, <laughs> trellises. <laughs> he was pretty into the idea and actually climbed up on a chair and stared <laughs> off in the middle distance for a little while. Like you're doing auditions. <laughs> auditions. Gargoyle must All have right. work experience standing still and staring without cracking a smile. <laughs> Responsibilities. Not moving, coming to life and attacking me with a halberd. <laughs> um, Calling five of your goddamn friends to do the same thing. Um, is this a? Is it Disney's gargoyles? Is it a Disney thing? I think it's a. I think it's a Disney thing. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we've done Disney before, but you know, it's been a while. No, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so sounds like we got some good stuff down the line. If uh, if you would like to listen in on that or some of our other ones and leave a uh, like or a review on all the major networks, except you know, really just Facebook. It's it's just uh, Facebook. You can also Facebook. leave it on our on our on our on our website if you wish. I don't think anyone does, but we would appreciate it. Hmm. Yeah, and if you don't want to, just why don't you just go ahead and fuck the fuck fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a little salty with these departures. I'm intending them to be comedic, but I think they're starting <laughs> to sound a little bit spiteful. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, what Ben's hey, trying you know to what? say is... <laughs> no, like, honestly, like, I, I don't care if you guys comment or not. We would love it, but as long as you're enjoying yourselves, if you don't want to see anything different, um, or you do and are just 
okay with us doing the same thing, we we just love to have you listen. So yeah. be, spread the word. Be like, be like Carmen. Leave a clue. Yeah, make make it convoluted enough that we feel proud of ourselves once we solve it. Yeah. Ben, I just realized that Chief is just Google. He's like a weird version of Siri. Yeah. Like a. Oh, you know, he he reminds me of is uh, that uh, hypothetical Richard Moore uh, reading the dictionary sort of thing. <laughs> he came up with a one with a control F function. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty good. I don't have a clue what you're talking about, you dimwit. Yeah, I can get right, well... free money from the government. <laughs> that is all gum shoes. Next year, over a million people are going to get money from the government to start or expand a business. Six million people are going to get money from the government to go back to school. And 10 million people are going to get money to train for a new job. I want every taxpayer to know that there are government programs that give $100,000 to open up a coffee shop, $15,000 to write a novel, or $25,000 to start a business at home. They'll give you $9,000 to take a computer course, or get a GED or a PhD. They'll pay for child care, transportation, health care, while you train for a new job. Doing what you want to do in life is like being on vacation every single day. Now here's your chance to get the government to pay for it. I've done all the running around for you and put it right here in one book. All you have to do is call. The call is free and the book is guaranteed. So call me. You have nothing to lose and a whole new life to gain.